Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I am so excited to have Pastor Matt Akins back with us. We have been going through the definitions in your Bible, the Hebrew words that are connected to the word prophet or prophesying. And so we've gone through these words. The first one, our root word here is Naba, represented by Strong's H5012, and it just means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. We talked about Nabi, H5030, which means someone who stands in the office of a prophet. And we said that as as everyday Christians, Uh, We have access to the gift of prophecy, even though we may not stand in the office of a prophet. God wants to inspire and speak to us as concerning ourselves, our family, you know, our our local sphere. And that some people even have a little greater uh, reach. Maybe God gives them a regional prophetic view or, or something like that. And then someone in the office of a prophet has like a national message. And then we talked about Nabuwa, H. 5016, that that can be a future prediction, and that's probably the most common way people associate the prophetic, you know, when when someone will talk about the end times or a future prediction. But now we're honed in on this word, Safa, and it's H6822, and it means a watchman. And we've talked on here for a couple of weeks about how that really is connected to the role of an intercessor. And we've talked about, especially in this election season, you know, about praying for our nation and being a watchman. But today I want to hone in on another aspect of being a watchman, a Safa. And that's about being a prophetic witness. Now, we we know that all through the Bible, the Lord talks to us about witnessing as part of the Great Commission. But I want to talk about not just being a witness in the sense of telling people about the things that the Lord has done for you, but to also just to be observant, to witness things as they happen, to be to be honed in, to be purposeful, to be paying attention. And so I've asked Pastor Matt to be on the show, and we're going to have a discussion about being a Safa, being a watchman in the sense of being a prophetic witness. Welcome back to the show, Pastor Matt. Hey, Beth, it is fantastic to be on here today. Yes, I'm so excited. You and I have kind of uh, talked about this for a couple of weeks and and talking about uh, coming up with some some ideas and stories and and things that we have witnessed. And maybe someone can glean from that and, and we can encourage people to just be paying attention, to be more observant, to take in, you know, a moment when it happens. Absolutely. Yes, I'm going to sort of set it up like this. I've talked about this in here before, but uh, we were actually talking about being a prophetic witness in our Bible study one day. And as I was coming uh, to the church where we meet, we had uh, there was a police officer and a couple of cars and they had had a little fender bender. And the police officer, there was another car parked a little off uh, to the side and the police officer was interviewing the witness and was taking his statement. And let's just say that, you know, that wreck had resulted in, you know, going to court. A judge is going to weigh the words of an impartial witness 
more heavily than the two people involved in the accident. In fact, if you go take out a mortgage or you do a contract, uh, you're required to have a witness on your paperwork. And so the, we, I cannot uh, understate the value of a, or overstate the value of a witness and how important it is for us to pay attention. And I believe that's like a skill that we can develop and we can uh, we can hone in on about being a prophetic witness, recognizing yeah. when things are happening. Absolutely. Um, Beth's story comes to mind. I remember a couple of years ago when I started to attend Fresh Oil and started to come to your meetings that uh, I, I think I had gone a few times and I, and I was into it and I was it was very powerful. But I remember there was one night when I guess it was we probably ended later than usual and it may have been been around maybe 10 o'clock at night. But I remember going back to the church because I had to drop off some things. And when I pulled in the parking lot, it was around 10 o'clock, maybe, maybe 10, 15. And a police officer actually pulled in behind me. And I was thinking, this is unusual. But then I realized he probably doesn't know that I work here at the church. And he's wondering why I'm here parked up you know, near the door. And so he got out and and he just walked up to the car. I'm like, hello, officer. Uh, is everything OK? And he's like, yeah, I'm just wondering what you're doing here. And he goes, uh, looks like you're burning the midnight oil. <laughs> and I just thought that was kind of funny. And I was thinking, well, you know, it's, it's only 10, 15. It's not like it's midnight. But I just thought that was hilarious. I had just come from fresh oil. Yeah. <laughs> and he made that comment, which was funny. But also, too, in my spirit, it was almost like a little nudging, like a little confirmation of, hey, you need to be going to these meetings. You know, there's there's some things that are they're going to happen um, this is an atmosphere of faith. This is a small group where things can really happen. So I thought that was kind of a funny example, but just kind of a moment in time, like a confirmation. Right. Uh, I felt like this is the right, right place to be. Yeah, I think, you know, some people might be dismissive of small things like that. I personally don't really believe, especially in the realm of spiritual things. I don't really believe in coincidence. I believe everything spiritually happens for a reason. And even the little things, you know, you can take encouragement from and, and or, you know, take it as confirmation. I definitely have done that all my life. Um, I, I want to just mention real quick, just to give us some scriptural basis to, you know, there's so many scriptures. I was actually looking up scriptures this afternoon about being a witness, and there's so many. But the, the biggest one that, that just sort of stands out is Revelations 12:11 that says uh, that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, yeah. a testimony is just testifying of what you've seen and heard. And that's pretty much underpins the entire Great Commission uh, to go and and tell the things that we've seen and heard. I'll give one example. Matthew five sixteen. It says, let your light shine before others so that you may see, they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. And so I just want to talk about being prophetically observant, you know, paying attention. I'm, I'm going to sort of set up just sort of my story. My mom, uh, when I was a small child, she got born again, radically changed for the Lord. And this was uh, in the late, you know, late 70s. It was the Jesus People Movement. And she she got really turned on to the Lord and began to go to Bible studies. And uh, during the week, I think we went to, you know, three or four Bible studies throughout the week. Uh, my brother would stay with my grandmother. He was a little more rambunctious, but my sister and I would go with my mother. We would have our little backpack, juice box, coloring book, you know, Barbie doll. And off we went. 
And oftentimes they didn't have nursery or things like that. And so we would usually uh, just we would sit down on the floor, like behind my mother's chair or under the chair. And I just remember um, observing, you know, her being in Bible studies. In fact, I think that's where I got interested in playing guitar. There would always be someone at a Bible study with a guitar and they would do some worship songs And then uh, later she went to a ministry when I was a child also called the Pool of Bethesda. And it was a bunch of older ladies who did ministry. And I remember, uh, especially if someone was being prayed for, for healing or or deliverance or whatever, you know, we would would put down our coloring books and and just watch and pay attention. And, And now looking back, I see what an impact that made on me, even as a child, even though I didn't understand it. Uh, It was very normal. It was my normal to see people healed and delivered and saved and set free. And um, I just I just uh, cherish that now. And I think it's helped me to pay attention and to be observant. And and I wanted us to just sort of talk about and I asked you to come up with some you know examples from from your life. But uh, just to recognize when we are in a moment, you know, uh, I, I can think of some in history just to sort of uh, communicate the idea. You know, I think uh, back to September 11th, uh, I think everyone can remember in vivid detail where they were and what they were doing when the the Twin Towers were struck. And I think um, I think for some reason, when an event uh, that seismic happens, you're able to remember uh, in unusual detail things about that moment. And so um, I I know with me, I was actually at home and my mom, uh, she called me. I was uh, had not been, you know, I was living in another city and she called me and I was actually watching Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) And she called me and said, you need to turn on the news right now. And the first plane had hit and and uh, we were like, oh, my goodness, do you think that was, uh, you know, a passenger plane? You know, people weren't sure at that moment. Did you, you know, was that a small plane? Uh, you know, what was the deal? And uh, while we were on the phone, the second airplane hit. And I remember um, just, first of all, the shock of it, because it was clearly a passenger plane and my mom, the first thing she said, she said, we're at war. And I went, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, you just don't know what to think. And I just remember yeah. strange things. Um, I just I remember the weather. I remember, you know, just really strange things uh, in vivid detail. I'm sure you have a similar experience. And so it was such a monumental moment. Absolutely. Yes. And so um, the Lord began speaking to me as I've studied about being a prophetic witness. And just for the last couple of years, I've been going through these prophetic definitions and the Lord began to speak to me. You know, am I able to recognize a spiritual monumental moment and am I able to be a witness in that moment? That is good. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of many. And I thought you and I could just share some stories about some things like that and that people can glean from that. Well, Beth, one thing that comes to mind, I go back all the way to really the beginning of uh, the Flow Church, the ministry of Flow Church, where Pastor Shane, who at the time was just a member of the youth group, and I was too. And I'll just kind of give a quick version. But years ago, back in 2001, 
I believe it was maybe August. Yeah, I believe it was maybe late August of 2001. The youth group we had many years ago at our previous church from, yeah, yeah, many years ago. The youth group was not close, not on fire for God. And it was one of those youth trips where I, I remember actually telling myself, you know, after this youth trip, I'm done. Like, I remember being like maybe 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just really, you know, for a long time, I had been a Christian and I really felt like a loner in my own church because that that's the kind of disunity we had in our youth group. And and, and I just remember thinking after the, after this youth trip, I'm out. You know, I'm going to actually thought about I'm, I'm going to drink. I'm going to do drugs like I wanted to kind of party. I wanted to just I just wanted to get out of the whole Christian thing. And I just wanted to have a good time, you know, have fun, whatever. But but some significant things happened. I'll make this short. But basically on that trip, one of the mothers of one of the students actually was demon possessed and, and possessed in a moment. I know this is crazy to even hear this, but on the youth trip, she basically started to go off. It was at night and a lot of the students around the campfire and I was actually in my tent trying to go to sleep. I wasn't even out there with the rest of the teenagers, but she started, I could hear all this happening. She started going off and started cussing, using profanity, uh, and basically was calling the girls' names, calling the kids' names. And it was, it was shocking, but it was, it was clearly, she was clearly, uh, demon possessed, the way her voice, the way she was acting. And it was very strange. Uh, basically, in a matter of moments, our youth pastor at the time, had to rally everyone together, and we basically had to head home. And I think that was only like maybe the second night of the trip. But anyway, long story short, that was a moment that uh, Shane and myself were not really that close either. But in that moment, there was this connection that took place where I realized there was a shift, that something had happened uh, with our youth group, with our church, with, with myself, even with Shane. And there was a closeness that started to take place there. And long story short, when we got back, um, we drove all night um, to get back home. And um, basically within the next two to three weeks, revival broke out. And it basically forced, it was like it forced our youth group to, you know, to get serious, to get real. And it was kind of an unusual thing to do that. <laughs> you know, that was a very <laughs> yeah. unusual situation. I didn't, didn't think that was going to be the, the avenue of which that took place. But it is something that I had wanted to happen. I wanted to see revival. I wanted to see something happen with our youth group, but I had become discouraged. Anyway, long story short, revival broke out. Uh, Shane became a youth pastor not long after. I started to lead worship not long after. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that, Beth, because it was only maybe a month later where 9-11 took place. And that was another major shift at our church, because I remember that being another um, catalyst moment that really brought everything together, kind of glued everything together. And so that that happened and it pretty much set the stage for many years to come. Wow. Yeah. You know, actually, around um, right before 9-11, I was in a church and we had a guest speaker who came, um, his, in fact, I'll tell you his name. His name was Charles Corrin. He was an older man and he was connected to, um, sort of connected to the Toronto revival and, 
and and everything. And so he had come and his services were fantastic. And then he uh, would pray for people. In fact, he's called the gentle prophet. He he actually is very calm and very sweet and gentle, but um, just a very powerful man of God. Well, when we were in this service, we had just some amazing uh deliverance take place well, you wow. know you mentioned this lady and and it was uh just very different he would just preach and then he would stop and just sort of hone in on one person and a lot of times he didn't even lay hands on them he would just begin to pray for them real calmly and and quietly and they would get set free and you know people respond in different ways uh you know some people would would uh fall out, you know, slain in the spirit. And then some people would cry and, you know, people would respond in different ways. But we saw just an amazing uh, breakout of the Holy Spirit while he was there. And I remember actually being in that. It was one of the first times I really took in an experience like that as an observer and just really was, was tuned in and paying attention. In fact, I felt like the Lord coached me through that. He just began to speak to me about really paying attention. Wow. And um, and so I was just looking around the room. In fact, um, it was when I had begun to be involved really um, in a, on a regular way in music ministry. So I was actually on the stage, and I remember it was a moment where we were just softly playing instruments. And um, I, I remember hearing the Lord tell me in my mind, you know, pay attention. You need to observe what's good. You, you don't need to forget this moment. Yeah. And so I remember watching, and, and I'll just give you a little snippet of some of the things I saw. There was one man, and I knew him and his wife, and he was uh, he had struggled on and off with some addiction issues and things like that. And so he actually went to the nursery and got his little girl out of the nursery, and he stood with his little girl sort of uh, holding her in front of him. And he stood in the back uh, far corner of the sanctuary, and he he was uh, curious, and he was watching, but he was also pretty apprehensive, and it was really clear. And I remember that moment. I remember that just sort of taking that in, and then I remember um, the, the pastor, uh, he was actually— crying and and um, like kneeling and uh, really laying on the floor and i believe he was getting um you know some much needed deliverance and then there was uh other people in the room you know some people would cry one lady was shaking you know it was just sort of like uh really taking in the moment and realizing that this church would never be the same after this day that we were actually uh, that the the Holy Spirit had forced a response that we were at a crossroads, and it was a crossroads moment. In fact, um, that that particular church uh, had been a large church and had actually just moved into a new building expansion. And um, sadly, um, within a year, uh, the the pastor the associate pastor and the youth pastor all left Wow! and and were gone. And it was sort of, um, it was bittersweet. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was interesting to watch. And I just remember being an observer and I knew that that was a pivotal moment. I knew that that was uh, one of those moments 
that would, everything would change after that day. And it's really not because of this man, but it was really because of the, the anointing that he carried. And it was the Holy Spirit that showed up and was allowed to, to do what he does. And, and everyone responded in different ways. And so it was really interesting. Sometimes we hear people, uh, pray and ask God for a revival. And uh, but I don't know that sometimes everyone really understands what that means, because true revival is really repentance. Yes. And so um, sometimes we 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 think we want those things until we actually get them, because really revival is repentance and repentance uh, comes to to lay everything out in the open. Exactly. And so um, it's it's just really interesting. It was one of those times, though, that I knew I was in a moment. I did not understand it at the time. Uh, um, in fact, uh, it taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah. I learned so much through that experience, but I knew that at the end of the day that, that, uh, the Lord was healing people. He was touching people. He was doing, doing some very deep work in people's hearts. In fact, we had, uh, one of the Sunday after the man left, uh, there was a lady who had been in a wheelchair. She had, uh, she had had some kind of a degenerative disease and she was in a wheelchair where she was very feeble where she couldn't even walk. And as a response to that service, the children, actually, we had an on fire children's pastor and the children uh, were praying and they were involved. He had brought them into the service. And I guess it's, you know, just the faith of children. They began to pray for the lady in the wheelchair and she actually got up and walked <laughs> Wow. She had not she had not walked in months, um, but she she walked around uh, around the, the the building, the room and um, the place just went electric. And it was everyone that knew her knew it was a miracle. And I remember being in that moment also. And I remember just sort of taking it all in uh, just as in awe as everyone else. But but also really taking in the moment. And I knew that that was a significant a miracle that I had witnessed that it was no small thing that God, you know, God was real. He was healing her. He was doing something. And I knew that that was a moment. In fact, uh, whenever I'm uh, around people that were in that meeting with me, if I, you know, bump into them, that's one of the first things we all talk about is I, I just, I will never forget that day. That is awesome. Yeah. It was one of the biggest miracles I think I've ever witnessed. It was amazing. Well, and also too, going back, to the story I was just telling Beth, you know, that situation, many of the teenagers in our youth group that were on that trip, nobody was really living right. That was, there was a lot of hypocrisy. It was almost like a big joke. Like, you know, why are we even on a youth trip? Because all of the, but that situation almost forced the hand of everyone. And it was basically like God saying, here's an opportunity, you know, to, for repentance, you know, get right, make a decision. What are you guys going to do? And, and revival broke out. And so, yes, it was one of those moments, just like you described, where you knew, okay, something has shifted. And a lot of times in situations like that, it can be something that, that is happening to multiple people at one time. Right. You know, and it's kind of almost leveling the playing field and putting a lot of people on the, on, on the same plane, so to speak. And so, you know, Beth, we were talking the other day about, Something that happened to our church a few years ago when our church unfortunately had the uh, the church fire when our church burned a few years ago. And we were talking about the Sunday service that we had prior to that. 
Right. I had actually just started started attending uh, That's our right. church. Yeah. How long had you guys been we there? We had only been there a couple of Sundays. Wow. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> just started coming. But, but that was a breakout service. And uh, my mother had a vision. Um, I remember uh, our friend Tiffany also had a vision during that service. There was uh, words of, of, of knowledge and words of uh, tongues and interpretation given. There was people uh, that were, were healed. You know, there was a, a, a prayer line, so to speak. You know, yeah. I just remember there was a pr- prophetic words given. Uh, th- that was an amazing service. And and just the, the tangible, uh, I know it was the anointing, but for, for just the, the sake of description, the tangible energy, you know, the anointed energy in the room was so tangible. Yeah. And and amazing that you knew you were in a moment. I know we had no idea what was ahead of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but I know that uh, that God was in it and he was doing he was doing something in that moment. No doubt about it. Absolutely. It was one of those. To be honest, in that moment, it was one of those services that felt so unlike anything we had experienced up to that point. Like you described the the. The room, the sanctuary was electric from the stage to the congregation, and it felt like that we were headed towards something like revival, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you know, something to that degree. Of course, we know that, you know, things shifted and it, it didn't go exactly the way we thought it was going to go, but it was a March moment that was unusual. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of another one. Um, my Bible study meets in a Methodist church. And um, I won't give any specific locations or anything, but uh, this past year, the Methodist Church at large worldwide, you know, made a decision uh, and they voted on uh, whether or not to allow um, uh, homosexuals, I believe, uh, to in positions of ministry or to ordain, uh, you know, homosexual marriage, something to that effect. I don't have to look it up, but. We came into our Bible study and we noticed uh, there was cars and, and usually the, the time we meet, there's no one there. And when we came in, there was lots of men and they were uh, a lot of them were in suits. And you could tell there was a very serious uh, attitude and, and demeanor and atmosphere in the place. And um, I guess they had forgotten that we met there in that moment. And so we just sort of slipped quietly into our room and we kind of told our people, hey, be real quiet. Something's going on. And one of the ladies that attends church there told us about the vote. And she said that her pastor, I believe he was maybe like a district presbyter or something of that nature. It's a very large church. And so there was about uh, maybe 50 pastors from all over the area in the Methodist church. And they were meeting about this issue and they had all chosen to take a more conservative, uh, biblically based position. And um, we actually paused our Bible study and we decided to just very quietly in our room with our door shut to just pray. Uh, We said, well, this calls for special prayer. And, you know, we're just going to pray to encourage these pastors for and pray for them to have wisdom and, you know, whatever and uh, the the lady that attends church with us told us that her pastor was was willing to and ready if he needed to to just turn in the keys to his building. And this is a mega church um, and for, for making the right decision, if that's what it you know 
called for. And so he was willing to lay everything on the line to do what he felt was right. And uh, it was a very solemn moment. Well, as we were silently praying, I'll never forget this moment. Uh, We all talk about it often, too. We began to hear uh, it was mostly it was some female pastors, but mostly male pastors. We began to hear uh, voices all singing a very old hymn. Um, Oh, my. And it was such a reverent, holy moment as we were listening uh, that we all just were silent. And we, I mean, no one moved a muscle. We just froze because you could just feel the sincerity. Uh, They were just all singing in unison a hymn. And it was sort of, um, it was just one of those moments. And and I even uh, was like, you know, we witnessed something very special today. I don't even think we understand. Uh, and, the, and the vote uh, narrowly passed the, for the conservative position, and I think they're going to revisit it in the coming year as a denomination. But uh, we knew that that was a holy moment, and I believe that particular day we were only there to witness what we had seen and heard. And I personally believe, you know, that if you re- read the New Testament, it's set up like a court system oftentimes, especially when Paul's writing. And uh, Paul speaks of the Bema seat. You know, you have uh, you have God the Father as the righteous judge, and you have the 24 elders. And so, I, you know, I just have to wonder that one day I might be called before the courts of heaven to give a testimony of of what I've seen and heard. And I believe that's one of those events that I can be a witness to what I had seen and heard that I had, I had seen those men really crying out to the Lord as pastors, you know, over something so serious. And it was just an amazing thing to witness. Amazing. It is amazing. And the thing is we couldn't really see them because the door was shut. We could only hear them. <laughs> So it was really amazing. It was just an amazing moment. That's probably one of my most powerful, uh, what I would call moments of being a prophetic witness, where I really got to witness something really powerful like that. Oh, my. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a heavy moment. Um, And I've got, I know we probably both have tons of stories, but um, I also think about, um, I, I will tell this one too, my mom, when she was in, uh, growing up in high school, she was diagnosed with rheumatic fever, and she, her senior year of high school, it was so bad she couldn't walk. Her legs were very swollen, her joints were very swollen, and everything. And so she struggled with that on and off for years. And when I was a young child, we went to uh, there was a church in Birmingham, Alabama, called Huffman Assembly of God, and they were having these revival services, and they even had them on Tuesday afternoons. And my mom, uh, we were actually still in the Baptist church, but we would go over here to this revival service. And um, uh, there was a, an evangelist. He had a very thick accent, and he was praying about people to be healed of arthritis. In fact, my mom said that she was like, well, he didn't say rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> At first, she didn't think it was for her, but then he called that out. And she said that... Um, No one laid hands on her. She was actually sitting near the very back door. And she said she just felt, um, she said it felt like hot oil running down her head. And she said that um, she knew that she had been healed. 
In fact, she said she doesn't know to this day if some if the man on the stage said it or someone behind her said it or the Lord said it. But she heard the phrase never again. And she knew oh that she could be assured of her healing. In fact, that that guest speaker uh, at the time was not very well known. But, you know, today we know him as Benny Hinn. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, he was at that service. And so um, but she she was healed in that service. And really, that was uh, in my family, our first encounter with divine healing. In fact, um, I just remember witnessing that moment. I remember watching and watching people on come up on the stage and get healed and fall out. I'm like, why are they falling down? You know, I didn't understand all awesome. of it. And but I remember even as a child witnessing that service, and I just remember, um, you know, just remember vividly everything about it. I knew that that was a significant moment for our family, and it, and it absolutely was. That is amazing. Yeah, we uh, go into so many different services and revival services, and I guess I've, I've been fortunate enough to witness a lot of amazing uh, salvations and deliverances and healings and miracles. And um, I consider myself very fortunate to have been able to see those things. <clears throat> yes, it's very powerful when God lets us to experience something like this that is just, it's jarring in a good way. And it, you, it just really solidifies that moment in time. And you know it's significant. You know that it's supernatural and that God wanted you to experience it, wanted you to witness it. And we need to be looking for those. Right. We need to pay attention and we need to recognize when we're in a moment. Yes. Well, yeah. Do you got any more stories? I was going to leave us with one more. I don't know if you have any more that you wanted to share. Um, let's see. Um, no, I think we're good. I think you could probably share yours. <laughs> well, this one's a kind of a, I, I hate to leave us on a negative note, but um, I also have, have had the opportunity, especially as I've grown in uh, training myself to, to pay attention, I've been able to recognize some moments that were a turning point that were sometimes negative spiritually also. Um, of course, without being specific, uh, several years ago, there was a minister who, at the time, I did not understand what was going on. I just knew uh, something wasn't right. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew something wasn't right. And um, we were in this service, and this minister began to talk about an experience that he had of doing yard work and that there was a root um, that he began to pull and he, he kept pulling it and pulling it and it just kept going and going and going. And it actually went all across his yard, all the way to the boundary of his yard. And, um, he even identified it. He said he felt like it was a root of bitterness. And I think, uh, he thought it represented, um, someone or something else. But as he was speaking, it became clear to me at least that, uh, the route that he was referring to was his route, you know, but it's his yard. And so um, it, it began to cause me to pay more attention to go, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, if that's something he's struggling with or, or what's going on. And um, I just began to pay more attention. It, it, it alerted me, I guess, to pay attention. Yeah. And uh, we for whatever reason, uh 
we, we had already begun to make decisions to, to uh, leave that particular church and change. Felt like we were being called in a different direction. But I had heard after we left that um, some things happened that were not good and that he was no longer even pastoring. But uh, I look back to him sharing that event. And because I had been paying attention, in some ways it did not surprise me. Because of that, I just uh, I was able to recognize that. So sometimes when you're prophetically uh, paying attention, being observant, you can actually um, begin to discern things in a deeper way and begin to be prepared for seismic changes and shifts and things that happen. It doesn't have to surprise you. You know, the Bible talks about how the Bereans were able to discern the times. They were able yeah. to to be observant. They were paying attention. They were, they knew the word of God and they could look at things and pretty much, you know, determine and, and have an idea of, you know, just to discern the times to know what's happening. So I just think part of being a watchman is paying attention. I just cannot stress that enough to just be observant, to pay attention and to recognize when you're in a moment. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think between you and I both, we've probably witnessed lots of things. And, and I was telling uh, telling you this, because we both have been involved in music ministry, uh, when you're on the stage, you, you have a very different vantage point. That's true. And so, yeah, you're able to see uh, the response of people and, and, and I guess, uh, j- just how how things affect people in a different way. You know, when people come to the front in a service where there's prayer and they're being prayed for, you know, the people on the stage have a completely different vantage point. And so uh, just being able to to have that vantage point, I think, gives gives me a different perspective that, that I value. And I, I've come to, to just... Uh, to, to treasure and to be able to pay more attention and, and try to ask the Lord, you know, Lord, what are you saying to me in this moment? What, you know, what can I learn from this moment and how can, how can I discern what's happening? Absolutely. And Beth, I'll just add to that. Um, only, only weeks ago, I won't give any names or go into any details, but only weeks ago um, in a church service, I was actually on the stage with my guitars during the altar call portion of the service. And I also, witnessed and observed something. I looked out into the congregation and I noticed two individuals. And once again, I'm trying to be kind of vague here and leave out detail, but I could just tell the looks on their faces that looked very discouraged. Mm-hmm. And it was enough for me to know, oh my, I need to pray. And so I was able to, you know, when the service was over, they actually had left the the sanctuary. I didn't get a chance to go talk to these individuals. But I had enough just by seeing that and discerning and, and, and just seeing them to know I need to pray for them. And so I, that's, I immediately went into prayer. And that's, that's another situation, like you said, when you're on stage a lot leading worship, you see things and you have a different vantage point and God can use those things to, uh, to prompt us to be, you know, intercessors and really, and really pray and support people. Yeah, and I'll leave us with this. You know, we did a whole series on prophetic evangelism, you know, and you may be listening to this podcast and say, well, I'm not on a stage. I'm not involved in, quote, ministry. Well, you do have a ministry everywhere you go. And so ask the Lord to open your eyes, to open your ears and to help you pay attention when you're out shopping, when you're at work, you know, when you're in your neighborhood or whatever, and to just begin to 
to pay attention. Sometimes we get caught up in just the busyness of life. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we just need to pay attention. We need to look for those little things because those can be opportunities. Like you said, you know, maybe it's to pray for someone. Maybe it's to encourage someone or maybe it's to evangelize someone. You, you have to be able to, once you observe and take that information, then determine, you know, what your response is. Sometimes it's yeah. God shows you things just so you can pray for people. And so part of being a watchman is paying attention. I just can't, I just had to dedicate a whole podcast to uh, being a prophetic watchman, just to being a prophetic witness, just to pay attention and to observe um, and, and let the Lord direct you, you know, to where to pay attention um, and, and what to do with that once you do. And sometimes I think it's just to make note of it, just to learn from, from something or just to recognize that you're in a moment. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I guess we'll leave it right there. Um, and thank this you. Great. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this. I love to hear stories. I think everyone can relate to stories. And I just want to encourage everyone to pay attention and to, to just uh, put on your spiritual glasses and uh, to just be observant, to just be watching and let the Lord teach you through that. Let him, um, if nothing else, just to recognize uh, what God is doing among his people or to recognize that uh, you may have a, a mission then to pray for that person or to encourage them or to witness to them. And so uh, as you go through your week, I just encourage you to ask the Lord to uh, to open your eyes and give you an opportunity this week to be a prophetic witness. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post, you will be informed. Thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E at aim, A-I-M dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.